Moby Dick or the Whale Chapter 82 The Honor and Glory of Whaling There are some enterprises in which a careful disorderliness is the true method. The more I dive into this matter of whaling and push my researches up into the very springhead of it, so much the more I am impressed with its great honorableness and antiquity, and especially when I find so many great demigods and heroes, prophets of all sorts, who one way or another have shed distinction upon it, I am transported with reflection that I myself belong, though but subordinately, to so emblazoned a fraternity. The gallant son Persis, a son of Jupiter, was the first whaleman. And to the eternal honor of our calling be it said that the first whale attacked by our brotherhood was not killed with any sordid intent. Those were the nightly days of our profession, when we only bore arms to succor the distressed and not to fill men's lamp feeders. Everyone knows the fine story of Perseus and Andromeda, and how the lovely Andromeda, the daughter of a king, was tied to a rock on the sea coast. And as Leviathan was in the very act of carrying her off, Perseus, the prince of whalemen, intrepidly advancing, harpooned the monster and delivered and married the maid. It was an admirable artistic exploit, rarely achieved by the best harpooners of the present day. Inasmuch as this Leviathan was slain at the very first dart. And let no man doubt this archite story, for in the ancient Joppa, now Jaffa, on the Syrian coast, in one of the pagan temples, there stood for many ages the vast skeleton of a whale, which the city's legends and all the inhabitants asserted to be the identical bones of the monster that Perseus slew. When the Romans took Joppa, the same skeleton was carried to Italy in triumph. What seems most singular and suggestively important in this story is this. It was from Joppa that Jonah set sail. Akin to the adventure of Perseus and Andromeda, indeed by some supposed to be indirectly derived from it, is that famous story of St. George and the dragon, which dragon I maintain to have been a whale. For in many old chronicles, whales and dragons are strangely jumbled together and often stand for each other. Thou art as a lion of the waters and as a dragon of the sea, saith Ezekiel, hereby plainly meaning a whale. In truth, some versions of the Bible use that word itself. Besides, it would much subtract from the glory of the exploit had St. George but encountered a crawling reptile of the land instead of doing battle with the great monster of the deep. Any man may kill a snake, but only a Perseus, a St. George, a coffin, have the heart in them to march boldly up to a whale. Let not the modern paintings of this scene mislead us, for though the creature encountered by that valiant whaleman of old is vaguely represented of a griffin-like shape, and though the battle is depicted on land and the saint on horseback, yet considering the great ignorance of those times, when the true form of the whale was unknown to artists, and considering that, as in Perseus's case, St. George's whale might have crawled up out of the sea on a beach, and considering that an animal ridden by St. George might have been only a large seal or seahorse, bearing all this in mind, it will not appear altogether incompatible with the sacred legend and the ancientest drafts of the scene to hold this so-called dragon no older than the great Leviathan himself. In fact, placed before the strict and piercing truth, this whole story will fare like that fish, flesh, and foul idol of the Philistines, Dagon by name, who being planted before the Ark of Israel, his horse's head and both the palms of his hands fell off from him, 
and only the stump or fishy part of him remained. Thus, then, one of our own noble stamp, even a whaleman, is the tutelary guardian of England, and by good rights we harpooners of Nantucket should be enrolled in the most noble order of St. George. And therefore, let not the knights of that honorable company, none of whom, I venture to say, have ever had to do with a whale like their great patron, let them never eye a Nantucketeer with disdain, since even in our woolen frocks and tarot trousers we are much better entitled to St. George's decoration than they. Whether to admit Hercules among us or not, concerning this I long remain dubious, for though, according to any Greek mythologies, that antique Crockett and Kit Carson, that brawny doer of rejoicing good deeds, was swallowed down and thrown up by a whale. Still, whether that strictly makes a whaleman of him, that might be mooted. It nowhere appears that he ever actually harpooned this fish unless, indeed, from the inside. Nevertheless, he may be deemed a sort of involuntary whaleman. At any rate, the whale caught him, and if he did not, the whale. I claim him for one of our clan. But, by the best contradictory authorities, the Grecian story of Hercules and the whale is considered to be derived from the still more ancient Hebrew story of Jonah and the whale, and vice versa. Certainly they are very similar. If I claim the demigod, then, why not the prophet? Nor do heroes, saints, demigods, and prophets alone comprise the whole role of our order. Our Grand Master is still to be named, for like royal kings of old times, we find the headwaters of a fraternity and nothing short of the great gods themselves. That wondrous oriental story is now to be rehearsed from the Shaster, which gives us the dread Vishnu, one of the three persons in the godhead of the Hindus. Gives us this divine Vishnu himself for our Lord, Vishnu, who, by the first of his ten earthly incarnations, has forever set apart and sanctified the whale. When Brahma, or the god of gods, Seth the Shaster, resolved to recreate the world after one of its periodical dissolutions, he gave birth to Vishnu to preside over the work. But the Vedas, or mystical books, whose perusal would seem to have been indispensable to Vishnu before beginning of creation, and which therefore must have contained something in the shape of practical hints to the young architects, these Vedas were lying at the bottom of the waters. So Vishnu became incarnate in a whale and sounding down in him to the uttermost depths, rescued the sacred volumes. Was not this Vishnu a whaleman then? Even as a man who rides a horse is called a horseman? Perseus, St. George, Hercules, Jonah, and Vishnu, there is a member role for you. What club but a whaleman's can head off like that?